Hey, we're back. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> My bad. No, it's okay. I mean, I've had to take time too. It's okay. We do this for fun and for us. And sometimes it doesn't line up. And that's okay. Um, we have a um, Halloween desk decorating thing that we're the supervisors and up at work are being kind of wrangled into. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things is uh, trick-or-treating. So, like, it's going to be on your breaks or on your lunch. You can go to different offices or cubes that are going to, like, be giving out candy or whatever. Which I think is kind of cute. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to figure out, like, what can I do where I don't have to get stopped all day, like, off and on to give candy? So, I... I'm working on, I need to get the measurements, but I want to make a cardboard door for my cube mm. and do a, like, we're not at home, please take one <laughs> house. Love that. And um, and then I even, like, kind of talked about uh, getting, like, a roll of toilet paper where people could, like, TP my house because I'm not home. Yep. And, uh, and I was like... <laughs> My my manager was mad that I didn't let her, <laughs> I didn't tell her that idea first because she's going to be so fucking busy and then just having people stop by and like have to give out candy or whatever. You should let me have the idea. And I'm like, there's no rule saying we can't both do it. Yeah. Just be an empty neighborhood. Just all of, all of my department is just <laughs> no one's home. Man, that sounds like one of those things that they have you do instead of giving people raises. Yeah, except they're not paying for any of it. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> they're, I mean, so they're you're buying... like a teacher. You're not even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're buying like the candy, I guess, or whatever we're gonna be giving out. Um, but yeah, I was just gonna make some, uh, get some like brown construction paper or something, and then like a a Halloween like candy bowl from the dollar store, to kind of cut where it's flush with the the cardboard door that I'm just gonna make out of boxes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not planning an expensive, you know, idea because no, but I think it. I think it's a funny idea, which yeah. sometimes makes up for the not elaborate. So yeah, I had a. I was on my first or second night of night shift, and uh, my boss came through and said, "Hey, how you doing?" And I said, "Not great. You know, this is really bad for people's mental health." And he didn't really have a whole lot to say. So that's that. That's my story. This is also the person who, when I um, had to work uh, above my pay grade for a week before my raise went through, uh, bought me a sandwich. Mm, yeah. Thanks for that. I'll take the cash. Yeah. Like, give me give me the, the 10 bucks or whatever you spent on the sandwich. I mean, instead. to be like, fair, like, he didn't have to buy me the sandwich either. So it no. wasn't like it was a mean gesture. And he isn't the one who has control over yeah. the money. But it was just like, also... It's almost like the point of, like, would it have been better to not do anything? Yeah. Or, well, like, I think just that, get you a card. Like I a, think that a nice every card year. That just said, like, wrote a nice, like... Because we don't get Christmas bonuses. We get, here's and a free entry. That's... Here's a free entry to the city's Christmas light display that costs us $12. And that's just, and that's just wild to me. Like, hey... Like, your department makes the most money for the city, but you get a free entry to this light display and um, go fuck yourself. Yeah. At least where I'm at, like, they'll they'll do, um, at least in the past, I don't know how it's going to change now that the owner's passed away, but 
they they do a Christmas bonus and they do like a Thanksgiving bonus and then they'll do like little charity things through the year that happen in town. So like um, it used to be that the Red Cross would do a chili fund- fundraiser mm-hmm. and um, my work would just buy a shit ton of tickets and then just give them to people like at work and just go and pick up the chili and, and have that for lunch. And we haven't done that in a minute. I don't know if the Red Cross just isn't doing it anymore or if we were doing it because when we were downtown, we were like walking distance to where they did the chili. Mm. So it made it a lot easier to, you know, now it's like, it's not, obviously I don't live in a giant town, but, you know, to get downtown and back, you know, takes 10 or 15 minutes sometimes depending on traffic. And that when you only have a, you know, 30 minute or even an hour long lunch, and then you've got scalding chili to eat that's you know, needs to needs to calm down for a minute. Yeah. Like, it's a little bit tight timeline wise. But they do other um, other fundraisers and stuff. But like I said, I don't know how it's going to be different now that he's gone because he was he did so much of like, it was his intention to do so much of that. So I don't know how much will continue. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting year. Uh, but when when he passed away, they did a um a, a banana split day in remembrance. Of, oh okay. Because he loved like banana cele- splits. Oh, I was like evidently. in celebration, like no, like in memorial, but like yeah. trying to make it happy, which I get, but it just it felt a little weird because mm-hmm. it's like this was like a a sixty five seven year old man, and we're having like banana splits, and that just. I don't know. It seemed a little weird. Like, not like a full catered thing. Not mm-hmm. like a meal or something like that. Just like, here's your, your two scoops of ice cream and your banana split in half and go the fuck home. Like, go go to your fucking desk with it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Companies are weird. The municipality really next door to us gave $1,000 bonuses for Christmas last wow. year. Wow. And I got a $12 admission that costs the city absolutely nothing to the yeah. to the Christmas lights celebration. So that that's when it feels like I would rather have nothing. Like don't insult me like this. Yeah, it's like the um the teachers that got the like you're a star with two starbursts mm-hmm. in the baggie or whatever and it's just like the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> But oh yeah, just seeing what different jobs and stuff have given out as like this is our bonus this is our reward like and it's not even a pizza party like (laughs) can't even buy pizza with it yeah and it's not even just like hey let's order some sandwiches for the department or let's you know let's all go do something you know like no yeah i mean we can't do that the way my job works because somebody's always got to be there yeah I mean, like, missing out. yeah, the the shit, like, you would have, like, yeah. I mean, someone's always at, but obviously it's not necess- not nearly as important <laughs> as what you guys are doing. You definitely just said your company's name. Though, I so did. You know, I'll take, take that out. out. <laughs> yeah. I'm pro- I've probably said it in the past, too. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's wild to see how I mean, I also the differences get, and things. I also get six hours of leave every paycheck. Yeah. Which a lot of people are like, what the fuck? Yeah, I get three. I'm like, I get 12 hours a month. So. Yeah. Sometimes- yeah, and you have, and and the, you know, your pay's not bad, and your 
overtime opportunities in the past, while frustrating, have been really beneficial too. You know, so it's, there's pros and cons, but the the cons are definitely like not. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I not the kind of cons you would want to have. You know, I, like. <laughs> I have at least one coworker who listens and I know they're going to be like this motherfucker. That is correct. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I you... start the civil unrest at work and I bring up our low pay all the time. So, oh, yeah, I just like the other day I shot some there were there were shots fired as I was leaving the office because my boss was there and we were talking about this person who used to work with us. And I said, yeah, he left. He probably makes more money than me now. And yeah. he was like, hey, be nice. And I was like, no. And then apparently the the next shift stayed for like, like had that conversation for the next 40 minutes with him. And he was like not budging because, you know, he's he's my age, but he's got a house and his wife and his kids. And like he's settled like he doesn't need to worry about what rent is and yeah. you know, what what costs are of things these days. So like, I don't know. Yeah, I had I had the conversation with Amanda because she's kind of been keeping an eye on rentals and stuff for me when she's driving by and sees one she'll like get the number or the address or whatever and um i was talking to her about it and i was like yeah the the places that are for rent now like the first apartment when i moved out of my parents house i think i got in there for 500 a month and i think last time i saw they were going for like seven or more more for like a, a 600 bedroom or 600 bedroom 600 square foot apartment and like houses that are going for 1200 for rent now we're going for 800 before the pandemic like when and we like, got into the house we're in now the the cost of living here is so wild that i'm like i can't even imagine because i have never seen a studio for less than a grand now yeah, it's like a one bedroom for 1800 dollars. it's like that's so crazy well it's because the military yeah but still like i don't know it's just so frustrating Anyway, we're almost 15 minutes into this episode and haven't said a fucking thing, so. Whoops. Um, Well, they're probably used to it by now. We didn't get on any giant soapboxes this time. I didn't yell about Wonder Woman for 20 minutes. No. (sighs) Welcome to The Strange and Unusual, where we discuss The Strange and Unusual. This is episode 167 of our series, seeking out the weird, the unexplained, and the devious from around the world. I'm Roya. I'm Casey. And we're going on a twisting, turning case of a stalking situation turned violent. Um, you can find us if you want to interact or talk to us on various social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, um, X, and Threads. And um, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash strangeunusual. And all that information will be in greater detail at the end of the episode as well as in the show notes. Um, so you can come and follow us and interact. We'd love to see you. Yeah. All right. So we woos. Yeah. Stalking for this. <laughs> stalking. Uh, mental health, abusive language, but it's really brief. Um, animal death and murder. Murder didn't start the wee woos. That's no unusual for you. <laughs> it's been a minute. A lot of practice on the murder case. Um. So Has it been in a minute, I feel like you only did one that's not a murder in between. No, I did. I think I did a couple. You Hold did. On, I'm curious. We also had some breaks in there. You did the book. Oh yeah. After the Lucy- baby yeah. killer. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Like no, come on. You're not that. You're not that dusty. <laughs> I just wanted to change it up. Maybe I don't okay. know. 
It was really just like, oh yeah, also someone dies. Like, <laughs> in, so in 2012, um, I had just started my first kind of real job, right? Moving on, moving out on my own, out of my parents' house, which would soon prove to be ill-fated. <laughs> Mike, so what were you doing in 2012, Casey? Uh, I had just graduated school and had moved states and started working at uh, the Starbucks. I started working for Howie back when Howie ran things. Were you with AJ at that point? Yeah, he was okay. the reason I moved here. Okay, yeah, I couldn't because you had a few moves, so I couldn't remember which move was which. Uh, not and when states. you met him in, yeah, that's fair. Well, our man Dave Kropa. Uh, he just split up with his longtime girlfriend, um, Amy Flora, who was also the mother of his two children. And he had taken a job managing an auto repair shop in Omaha, Nebraska. So he's got a lot going on, right? Breaking mm-hmm. up with a girlfriend, kind of just trying to take some take some time, settle in, and start, you know, maybe exploring online dating and just looking for something that wasn't too serious, something kind of casual, just trying to explore and not wanting to immediately just get another long-term girlfriend, right? Was it a girlfriend or was it a divorce? It was a girlfriend. Okay. Um, Because I thought that too on one of the things I saw initially, it said divorce, but every other article and video I've watched has said that it was a long-time girlfriend. So I'm imagining divorce in the sense of like a... um, like a uh um like common law yeah common law marriage sort of thing because they did have two kids together and Mm -hmm. i i didn't really see um see an age for his kids uh but i don't they weren't like little little kids gotcha um so on the site he met a woman named liz gallier who was a single mother uh and was happy with a casual arrangement kind of what she was looking for too she's busy with kids work she just wants somebody to like go have dinner and adult conversation with you know and and sex but that would be that would be date four she's respectable in that regard (laughs) not me let's Um, do it (laughs) uh so everything that i found stated that day was being very open with the fact that he wasn't interested in committing to one woman so we're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes here He is having the conversation early on, like, date one or two, saying, like, hey, I'm not looking for something serious. I'm not really looking for something exclusive. Like, I'm just kind of wanting to see what's out there and and sort of enjoy my time being single, being a bachelor. I haven't really been that before. Mm -hmm. And um, so Liz and Dave started dating. And after a few months, Dave met Carrie Farver when she came into the auto shop and he knew immediately he needed to know more about her. He would describe their initial interaction as having almost immediate chemistry and he asked her out on a date. They both discussed that they were not looking for an exclusive relationship at all, just something casual and fun. Carrie was also a single mother. Um, so Dave and Carrie returned to his apartment after the date and seemed to en- and she seemed to enjoy herself because they would continue to see each other um, after that initial date and presumably banging um in the hall on her way out of the apartment though carrie ran into someone liz oh shit so liz had been on her way over to dave's house unannounced to pick up some things and by all accounts it was a very brief meeting and there weren't any jerry springer type antics 
Uh, Dave later said in the documentary I watched that they didn't even exchange words. That the interaction was probably about five seconds of them just sort of like passing each other, looking at each other, and then continuing down the direction they were going. Huh. But Carrie had Dave all fucked up. He was already wondering about his commitment to being a bachelor within weeks of meeting her. He was just smitten. Oh, poor guy. Um, she He's still like, I, really, ho- I really wanted this thing for me, and now, now love has happened. Yeah, but she still held fast to the established boundaries of keeping things casual. Okay. But did a but did agree to stay with him a few nights in November because she was working on a big project at her job and Dave's apartment was closer to her office. So Carrie was a computer programmer and her actual house was like an hour or an hour and a half away, something like that. And um, Dave's apartment was like literally around the corner from where Mm. her office was. So it worked out really well and she started eventually kind of just staying at his apartment during the week, especially while this big project was going on and then going home on the weekends. Um, So Carrie got up in the morning and uh, Dave kissed her and she left for work. And then shockingly, a few hours later, he got a text from her. She wanted to move in with him, even though they'd just talked about keeping things casual. It was like she suddenly changed her mind. And Dave politely declined because while he wanted something that was potentially exclusive, that didn't to him mean move in with me. Right. And Carrie was pissed. She responded to his message with, according to Dave, quote, fine, I don't ever want to see you again. Go away. I'm dating someone else. I hate you. And like expletives and like cursing him out, going crazy. Um, Carrie's family also got texts from her, including her mother, Nancy, who received one stating that Carrie was planning to move to Kansas for a new job and would arrange to pick up her 15-year-old son, Max. It was strange to her mother, but not necessarily alarming or impossible initially. Um, After all, Carrie was an adult who could take a new job if she wanted to. Right. Nancy just seemed more surprised because they were pretty close. They they lived in the same town. And... um, surprised that Carrie was just suddenly taking on a new job that she hadn't heard anything about. Right. Um, So when Carrie missed her half-brother's wedding, and then Carrie missed the birthday of her son, and then Carrie missed her father's funeral, Nancy started thinking that something was very wrong here. So her mom reached out to the authorities for help, And they tried reaching out to Carrie, but received responses stating to leave her alone. And they did. After all, she's a grown woman. There's no law stating that she has to attend her father's funeral. Yeah. Nancy, Carrie's mom, also told them that Carrie had been previously diagnosed with depression and bipolar disorder and was being medicated for both. And so the police automatically go, well, we see this all the time. She probably went off of her medication and that caused her to start making rash, rash decisions, like changing her mind about moving in with Dave, moving to Kansas, all these kinds of things. Uh, you know, that she's just in a manic episode, right? Mm-hmm. She's just spiraling. And there's, again, no law that she has to stay on her medication either. So there wasn't right. anything that the police could do for Nancy. They had no reason to believe that anything was wrong with Carrie. Carrie was responding back to them when they reached right. out to her. So, like, they wouldn't do a welfare check because she's responding. There's no need right. as far as they're concerned. Yeah. Yeah. 
And um, so Dave would continue. Uh, so Dave continued to get threatening texts and emails from Carrie. And she started sending them to Liz, too. Messages like, quote, I will do what I can to make you suffer. And, hmm. quote, we belong together, Dave. End quote. Um, okay. Dave got a message from Liz that her garage had been vandalized when someone spray painted, quote, whore from Dave on it. Whore from Dave? Whore from Dave. Or like, whore from Dave. <laughs> it's not, uh, well, I mean, there's no punctuation involved. <laughs> And the from is lowercase, so I have to assume that it's whore from Dave. Okay. And not whore from Dave. But I don't, you know. Um, so Liz filed a police report for the vandalizing. Uh, oh, Carrie's, yeah. Carrie's mom, Nancy, was also reporting more aggressive and threatening messages that she had received from Carrie as well. Mm. Stating that Nancy was a controlling mother and that she had been terrible to her growing up and so on. Uh, Nancy also said that the messages were full of spelling and grammatical errors, which were wholly uncharacteristic for Carrie, who is a stickler for spelling and punctuation. Though, if she's spiraling and manic and maybe not as focused on things or as in good health as she should be, maybe there's some room for that. But that's not something you would think really changes that much. Because even when I'm in my manic episodes, I still try to make sure I spell everything right. Yeah, me too. I'm like... It needs to, I, I need to, it's okay if I look a little crazy, but I need to look like I know how to spell words. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave's messages went from threatening to weird, from threatening or weird to just full stalker. Talking about exactly what he was doing or what he had just done, what he was wearing, um, Dave recall, recalled, quote, on one specific occasion, I was sitting in my lazy boy with my feet up watching TV, trying to relax, and it's nighttime, and I get a text saying, I see you. You're sitting in your chair with your feet propped up, wearing a blue t-shirt, and all of these things were true, end quote. That's cool, cool, cool. Love that. Love that for me. Yeah, and keep in mind, this is like 2012, so this is before, like, ring cameras and stuff like that got really popular and things like that so it's not likely that he had something established in his house that was like getting hacked or someone Mm -hmm. had a password to or something like that so he someone is somehow seeing um but he was by himself yeah but he was by himself got it um when dave was returning home from work in january of 2013 he saw something strange in a nearby parking lot he went over to check it out to see if he was right but there it was, Carrie's Ford Explorer, parked right across the street from his apartment. And it was, like, still covered in snow. Like, no one had cleared it off. Like, it had been there a minute. Mm. The police searched the car and only found a single fingerprint on a mint container. It's, like, in in the cup holder between the seats. Right. Um, it didn't match Carrie's fingerprint. And it didn't match anybody in the FBI's national database. They had no idea. It's the only fingerprint they pulled out of this car. Hmm. Um, A few months after that, Nancy was told that Carrie had been seen at a homeless shelter and and wanted her to come, wanted Nancy to come get her. So Nancy immediately drops everything she's doing to go to the shelter and found out that not only was Carrie not there now, but no one had ever seen her there. In May. Yeah. In May, Max, Carrie's son, decided to reach out to his mom on Facebook to see what would happen. He sent her just a general message of like, 
hey mom how are you kind of thing and she responded back called him like said like hey little man what are you up to or something like that Mm -hmm. and he responded asking her to answer three questions to prove that it was her question one what was what was his middle name two what was the name of their first dog and three what was the name of his best friend and carrie never responded yeah yeah that's not her the text messages escalated even more Dave got one of a woman tied up in the trunk of a car with a threat from Carrie saying that she was going to kill Liz. Dave messaged Liz <laughs> immediately, who confirmed that she was safe. Uh, huh. Dave Dave also received an email with a fake obituary for Liz in it. Um, in I mean, August- this is now like, I know I'm looking at this from the perspective of a person who is not involved, but Liz is sounding pretty sus right now. So, in August of 2013, things continued to escalate. Liz's house had been set on fire. Yeah, Liz is super sus. And her family pets died in it. Um, Jesus, fuck. Two dogs, one cat, and a snake. Oh, poor snake. Um, Poor all of them, but like... Yeah. They had... They were probably stuck in a... With nowhere to go. Yeah, they were in the enclosure. Presumably, the cat and dog would have at least been able to run if something... Yeah, to try to do something. Dave received a message shortly after from Carrie saying, quote, I'm not lying. I set that nasty whore's house on fire. I hope the whore and her kids die in it. End quote. In January... Whore from Dave. (laughs) Yeah. In January 2014, a high school friend of Dave's named Heather came over to visit and she was reported seeing his phone suddenly just start exploding with text message notifications and emails that they would just come in in huge bursts of just like message after message after message after message this Um, man needs a new phone number he gets one eventually um she also said that someone had tried to open the front door like jiggled the knob um and a brick was thrown through the window at night Hmm. so things weren't great with Liz, though, um, the messages that were bringing them together were also pushing them apart as Dave felt more and more unsafe in Omaha, just in general. He didn't know what was going on, but he knew that whatever it was was escalating and he felt that he was going to be in danger. Yeah, get the fuck out, dude. Yeah, the so call he is changed, coming from inside the house. He changed his number and the text messages stopped for a while. And in February of 2015, he moved to Council Bluffs, Iowa, and stopped le- almost entirely stopped seeing Liz. That's probably the smart um, move, my man. And so, enter the stars of this case. The new detectives that got involved in spring of 2015. Ryan Avis and Jim Doty, as as if this case needed more names. In it. There's so many people. <laughs> No, I got it. We got Nancy, we got Liz, we got Carrie, we got Dave. Now, uh, I don't remember the kid's name, but that's okay. Max, and yeah. then uh, Dodie and Ryan. Yeah. Jim Jim Dodie? Yeah. I got this. All I right. have three hours of sleep, and I just got out of a pole class, but I got this. Was pole fun? Yeah, all right. I'm going to be hurting tomorrow. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, So, both of the detectives were intrigued by the disappearance and volunteered to look into it. And they decided to take a unique approach in the case, which was to treat it like two separate cases. So Jim worked the case like Carrie was dead, and Ryan worked Uh. the case like Carrie was alive. And they were trying to determine, so who can prove one or the other? Right. 
who can get the most evidence saying which way this goes. Um, the, the detectives, the, guy, the dead guy. <laughs> detectives agreed that they didn't think Carrie's bipolar diagnosis had anything to do with her disappearance and the overall lack of communication. Even if she were manic, you don't stay manic. Yeah, you're not just in a perpetual state of spiraling. Eventually, that's like the point of bipolar. You're yeah, on eventually one end or the other. Yeah, eventually you're going to balance out. And then she's going to reach out to her family and friends and be like, whoa, I'm so sorry. I went crazy there. Like, I'm here. Can someone come get like, that's where you have the that cognition of like, oh, shit, I fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. That happens, you know? And so the fact that it hadn't happened in like three years didn't make sense to them. That's just not how mental illness really works. Mm-hmm. There's peaks and valleys. And this was all valley. Yeah, and this was just this was just like we're straight up. Uh, yeah, like a Mariana Trench style. <laughs> yeah, um, a ski slope just down Mount Everest, only down. <laughs> I mean, probably safer than only up. <laughs> yeah, realistically, yeah. I mean, the number of dead bodies on Mount Everest. Uh, and it's getting warm, so now they're melting. What? Yeah. Um. Okay, where was it? So. Ryan thought that it was alarming that there had also been no activity in her checking account the I whole just time she'd say, been gone. I don't know why, but very suddenly, to thinking about the one guy investigating her alive and the other one investigating her dead, I was just like, he saw himself as alive, and I saw him dead from <laughs> Cellblock Tango. And I was like, I just had an unhinged moment and I needed to share it. Okay, sorry. So checking no, account, no activity. Got it. Yeah, no activity on the checking account. Uh, so quote from Ryan, it's not normal for adults to just up and leave and literally spend no money. Yeah. No one, no one's seen them and no one's heard their voice. It just didn't make sense. She had good income, a good house. I had come to the conclusion that I could not prove she was actually alive. End quote. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim said that the detail that stuck out to him was that she had no connection to Liz prior to going missing, and then just suddenly she was the focus of the harassment. Yeah, that's what I'm um, saying. Yeah, so you since said all- she she interacted with her for five seconds and then suddenly suddenly is writing whore from Dave on her yeah. stuff and like burning down her house. Like, nah, I don't buy yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, since all the communication had been electronic, the detectives got the digital forensics team involved, which is probably my favorite. I like this guy so much. Um, so Dave and Liz had agreed to have the content of their phones downloaded for the initial report of the harassment in 2013. The digital forensic administrator, Anthony Kava, said, quote, We knew these messages don't seem to really be coming from Carrie Farber. Carrie, or the imposter pretending to be Carrie, sent Dave about 15,000 email messages over a three-year span. Wow. It might have been upwards of 25,000 to 50,000 text messages in all. Whoever was pretending to be Carrie got more sophisticated with with what they were doing to try to hide their IP address and to try to hide their their real identity. End quote. Mm, Okay. In... In the files that they were looking over and the text messages and images, they found something strange. They found a photo of Carrie's Horde Explorer about a month before the police recovered it. Hmm. How would Liz know where Carrie's car had been before Dave reported it? That's a very good question, Liz. So, 
Uh, Detective Jim would also explain that uh, they found where Liz had called Carrie six times using star 67 to disguise the number. Do you remember star 67? Oh, God. Is that a thing still? I don't know. Can you even use that on cell phones? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, she had, I mean, I guess she could have had a landline landline in 2012. Uh, yeah, I My guess parents so. had one. Yeah. I mean, we had one at uh when we were staying with AJ's mom, but she never answered it. Like, that was where she sent, like, whenever she signed up for shit and didn't want the, you know, all the calls from the yeah. spam. So, yeah. Yeah, my parents didn't get cell phones until, like, they moved to California in, like, 2015. Um, so... Like we were saying, which is kind of a reaction, a weird reaction to have to someone that you met one time in passing. Like to call them yeah. six times using a disguised number. Weird. Also, how did you get her number? Right? It makes you wonder. She got no, a lot I of information. Know. She got a lot of information. I know that this lady is sus. Uh, so the investigators also found the photo of the tied up woman that had been sent to Dave and determined that it was taken by Liz. They also found a recording of someone walking outside of Dave's apartment that had been uploaded to YouTube under Carrie's name using Liz's IP address. Ah. In May of 2015, the the detectives went to interview Nancy, Carrie's mom, and validated her beliefs that Carrie didn't just go missing because she wanted to. Mm Mm-hmm. Nancy told the detectives that after Carrie disappeared in 2012, she received a text message that Carrie had sold all of her furniture and asked Nancy to let the buyer into the house to pick it up. Because remember, Nancy lived like two minutes away from Carrie. Oh, stop it, Liz. (laughs) As proof of sale, Nancy got a photo of a check of the furniture that was made out to Carrie and signed Shanna Goldier, Liz's real first name, Shanna Elizabeth Goldier. And remember that mysterious fingerprint on the mint container in Carrie's car? Oh, it's Liz. A match to Liz. Of course it was, a stupid bitch. (laughs) While the investigation was underway, Dave reported that the 9mm pistol he had bought for protection after Liz's house fire was also missing. No, that's fucking great. Love that. But remember, this is, this is, um, he didn't get the pistol until 2013. So mm-hmm. it's like a year later that the fire happened. Um, so Ryan, the detective, went to Liz's house to interview her, pretending... Um, oh, sorry, I skipped a line. On the 4th of December, 2015, the detectives were stunned when Liz walked into the station to file a harassment complaint against Dave's ex-girlfriend, Amy Flora. No, that didn't happen. Yeah, it sure did happen. <laughs> no, I. she uh, didn't. No. So Ryan went to Liz's house to interview her, pretending that it was about the complaint. Liz explained how she thought that Amy was the cause of the threat messages, threatening, threatening messages, not actually Carrie. He asked did if she. You? Oh, did you? Oh no. Oh no. Okay, you're there. Go ahead. Okay, cool. You paused for or, like you froze up for just a second. Uh, and I was like, let me make sure I'm still recording. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, so Ryan went to Liz's house to interview her, pretending that it was about the complaint against Amy. Um, Liz explained how she thought Amy was the cause of the threatening messages, not Carrie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that works out. Blame the other woman. Yeah, he asked if he could download the contents of her phone so that they could review the messages. And in true Denny Raider fashion, she agreed. Oh, yeah. You can't get my information off this floppy disk, can you? Right? 
Um, so God. Detective Detective Damn. Ryan was stunned, and this was pivotal one of, one of the two most pivotal moments of this investigation. Uh, also, during the conversation, Liz mentioned that she knew that Dave had bought a gun, which she correctly identified as a nine millimeter Smith and Wesson, and also knew that it was missing. And she blamed Amy for stealing it. Hmm. Ryan said, quote, she realized that she probably shouldn't sh- shouldn't know any details about the gun. And then further questions I asked about the gun. She was very vague. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sounds right. So the following day, 911 was called for a gunshot at Big Lake Park. And when they arrived on site, they found Liz, who had been shot in the leg. The leg. You fucking piece of shit. At first, she said she didn't know sure who had thing, done it. Sure wasn't going to be the head, was it? <laughs> At first, she said she didn't know who had done it, but then later stated that she thought, now that she calmed down, that it sounded like it was Amy. You know, now that I think about it, I think it's probably that person I'm trying to blame this on. Um, the police were obviously almost immediately able to clear Amy of any involvement. Yeah. Um, and while Liz was getting shot through the leg and saying that Amy's to blame, Anthony Cava, the digital analyst, was combing through all of the new data from Liz's phone. Um, he discovered a few things, like Liz had registered between 20 and 30 fake email addresses that had some variation of Carrie's name. (laughs) Okay. An app that allowed her to schedule text messages, which would explain how Dave would get messages when Liz was in the room with him and not on her phone, or they would both get messages at the same time while Liz wasn't texting anybody. Um, So this application explains that. She just Mm -hmm. set things up to come through at certain times. Anthony estimated that Liz must have spent about 40 to 50 hours a week impersonating Carrie. That's like a full-time fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> he even says that. It's like, he literally says, like, she basically had a full-time job pretending to be Carrie Farber. Wow. Um, so, the detect- Huh? No, I was just say, so Carrie's dead then. Like, she's not just, like, tied up in a basement somewhere. Oh, uh, we have to assume that okay. she's dead, but we actually haven't found a body yet. Oh, okay. Um, the detectives brought Liz in to interview a couple weeks after she was shot, and Liz continued to try to push them to investigate Amy. And um, Ryan and Jim came up with a plan. They were going to tell Liz that they believed her, and that Amy had shot her, but they needed Liz's help to prove it. Oh, damn. So they asked Liz to reach out to Amy and see if she would tell her anything about what happened to Carrie. Of course, they knew Amy had nothing to do with Carrie's disappearance or any of the messages. Right. But the plan worked. Liz almost immediately returned with fabricated emails she said were from Amy. They started receiving messages from Amy confessing to shooting Liz at the park. (laughs) Yes, I did it. (laughs) I, Amy, did the thing. Um, they pressed Liz to keep asking Amy for more details about Carrie, and a few days later, she forwarded an email of Amy confessing. She said that she stabbed Carrie three or four times and stuffed her body into a garbage bag. Um, there's also a little bit more just detail about, like, how she didn't die immediately, and she begged for her life, and just a bunch of other gross detail and stuff. Ew, I hate that. 
Um, as time went on, the detectives noted that Liz was getting more and more upset that they hadn't arrested Amy. She'd given them all the evidence. The confession was there in their hands. Why weren't they arresting her? Mm -hmm. Jim explained that they needed more information, something that only the killer would know. And then, bam, within a few more hours of Amy's confession, emails appeared. Uh, These provided detail that Carrie had been stabbed to death in her own car. So they went back to Carrie's car for a third investigation, but this time they pulled the covers off the passenger seat and found blood soaked into the foam of the seat underneath the cushion or underneath the cover. Mm. Um, Since the murder more more than likely took place in Omaha, the Omaha PD got involved as well um, with Detective Dave Schneider. Um, bringing in Liz for questioning and confronted her with the evidence. Liz denied knowing anything and claimed that she didn't even have internet. Oh, yeah, I don't even have that thing that (laughs) everybody has. How do you YouTube? I don't know. What is IP? What is? (laughs) Um, So while she was being interrogated, though, Ryan and Jim got a search warrant for her apartment. And inside, they found some of Carrie's possessions, including a digital camera and a camcorder. On the camcorder, they found a video of Carrie talking about how someone had vandalized her car that was timestamped two days before she went missing. Oh. Yeah. Who could that have been? Must have been Amy. <laughs> um, from December, or sorry, on December 22nd, 2016, Liz was arrested and charged with first degree murder. Damn. Um. Douglas County attorney Brenda Beadle, who was the prosecutor, said that this case was probably the most difficult she had ever had tried. Um, she said, quote, most homos- most homicides, most Homo- homicides, <laughs> homicides, uh, most homicides are dark. This one was bizarre to a point that it would take some convincing to make somebody believe that it actually happened. There's no way someone would let their dog die in a fire that they started. There's no way that someone would shoot themselves in the femur. End quote. Basically just saying that, like, there's this would be so hard to sell to a jury. Yeah. Yeah, this would be so hard to sell to a jury. But luckily, Liz has the digital forensic evidence. Well, and luckily, Liz's defense attorney, James Martin Davis, requested to waive a jury trial in favor of a bench trial, which meant that a judge would decide the case. So So they didn't have to get absolutely fucked. And like, so I watched a documentary on YouTube from A&E about this, and I have feelings about James Martin Davis. He just, it's, it's one of those things where like nothing he's saying is wrong or incorrect, but it just feels gross Mm. because he's just like, yeah, we know she sent all of these threatening text messages. I'm not here to argue that. That's harassment. That's whatever. I'm here to say that you can't prove without a shadow of a doubt that Liz killed Carrie. I mean, no, that's like real defense lawyering. And though. I and I get it, but it's just like, like something no, about can... him is so I just unlike that, <laughs> that was me the entire time I watched Lori Vallow's trial. Because oh, it was I'm just sure. like yeah. this motherfucker just what's so special about it like you fucking yeah. idiot like i well, hear you <laughs> you're making some okay points at at times and then you say shit like that and it's like how are you even doing this right now yeah this guy just seemed like just kind of slimy and like he's a lawyer roya that's and like... it's <laughs> yeah. but it's not like it 
it was one of those things where it's like everything he was saying, I was like, I know he's right, but like she's so obviously guilty <laughs> that like how I mean, can you possibly say? Was he a public defender? Or was um, did she hire him? I didn't see if he was public or mm. hired. Just all I saw him as was Liz's defense attorney. I I wonder, you know, because like when you're when you're public defender, you just gotta work with what you got, and like yeah. I mean, even even if you're a hired defense lawyer, yeah, like, that's literally all you can do is go. Well, they can prove all this, and that re- is really good circumstantial evidence. But like. I'm just here to prove you didn't kill somebody or that there's yeah. not enough evidence to say you killed somebody. And I I don't think... See, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think he's doing a bad job. No. And, like, I'm, I and don't either. we love defense attorneys here. Fuck the yeah. police. I don't think that he's doing a bad job necessarily either. I just mean, like, him as a person. Mm. <laughs> there was just, like... Bad vibes. Yeah, Got like, it. if he were... If he were played by somebody, he would be, like... Danny DeVito in the 90s when he was just playing bad guys. Oh, you he's know? Matilda's like, dad? <laughs> yeah, he's Penguin. Like, <laughs> I'm big, you're little. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm smart, you're stupid. Um, okay, so uh, James Martin Davis's quote was, um, not only was there no body, there was no crime scene, there was no murder weapon, there was no proof that she had even died. Um, we waived the jury trial to move it up so I could try this case, hopefully before they'd find a body, end quote. I mean, look, the man, the man did what he had to do. I, yeah. I can't be upset about it. Um, so then there was a huge bombshell. So this is the second pivotal moment of the case. Um, Dave remembered that in the move from, um, Omaha to Council Bluffs, that he had a he had rented a, a storage facility, a storage unit, and in that storage unit, he was like, "I'm pretty sure that there is a tablet that Liz used a lot when she was at my house." Oh, I don't know if that has anything on it, but I'm gonna go get it and take it to the police just in case. I right? mean, it certainly did. She's working a nine to five on this fucking thing. Yeah. So, um, he goes, he gets the tablet, he brings it to the police, and there's a micro SD card that had been in Liz's phone during 2012 and 2013. Love that. The SD card had thousands of deleted images, all of which our main man, Anthony Cava, was able to recover. Of course. Then there were photos, there were just tons of photos no one had seen before, and he found one of a human foot with a tattoo. The same tattoo that Carrie had on her foot. Yep. And the foot was in a stage of decomposition. So this was not a a weird photo that she had taken of Carrie's foot while she was alive. This foot was definitely on a dead body. The foot was attached to a body? Yeah, everything that I could tell. Everything you can tell from the photo, it's attached to the body. It's like literally just a picture of the foot made. Yeah. It's kind of hard to tell, especially because like Anthony Cava was dealing, you know, with 2012 tech. So all of the pictures are super small. Yeah. And so he's having to try to um, increase the side. And I kept joking while we were um, while we were watching the like the quotes from the old uh, CSI shows of like enlarge. Oh, yeah. Enhance. 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 <laughs> Just keep enhancing it. What's that fucking kid's name on CSI? 
Nick. Yeah. No, Nick was the older guy. The oh, yeah, was, it was. Who was? Whatever. You know, that Greg. Greg, yeah. Was it Greg? Yeah, Nick was the it's, one that got buried alive. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it's some other white guy name. <laughs> it's definitely not Warwick. <laughs> God, um, he had pretty eyes, though. Sorry yeah. that he went down a bad path. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so basically he had to just enhance it a bunch. And once he was able to really see the image... He was able to tell that it was definitely a human foot and it was definitely decomposing, like on a, in a state of decomp. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so in 2017, and it's a very unique tattoo. It was like a, the Chinese symbol for mother. It was like in the same exact spot. So it's not like a dolphin on an ankle or something that's a little bit more generic. Like it was very yeah. specific to her. Um so in 2017, Judge Timothy Burns found Shauna Elizabeth Gol- Golier uh, guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced her to life in prison. Judge Burns you're- said, "Sorry, no. You ever watch? Uh, you ever watch Ferris Bueller? It's been a long time. There's that scene at the end where uh, Jeannie tells the Fer- Ferris Bueller sisters in the in the police department, and she's sitting next to Charlie Sheen." And she's like, yeah, they call me, or like, my name's Jeannie, but everybody just calls me Shauna. <laughs> there's like a background jazz going, Shauna. <laughs> it's like, that's all that's playing in my head now. It's like, goddamn, so, fucking Shauna. <laughs> Judge Burns said, quote, uh, Carrie Farber did not voluntarily disappear and drop off the face of the earth. Very yeah. sadly, she was murdered. Yep. Uh, Liz remains at the Nebraska Correctional Center for Women and continues to maintain her innocence. And the three investigators of um, Jim Doty, Ryan Avis, and Anthony Cava establish a scholarship fund in Carrie's name at the local community college that she had Aww. attended, um, hoping that something would something good could come out of the situation and something positive would be um, kept in her memory uh, instead of what Liz tried to make her memory be. Yeah. Uh, And Nancy, um, she wasn't in the documentary, so I don't know if she's passed away, Um, but uh, she was quoted as, you know, she could talk to Carrie again. Like, Carrie passed away. She was only 37. Um, and said that if she could talk to her again, like, she would say that she missed her and that Max was doing great and he was on his way Mm. to a very successful life, um, and things like that. So hopefully, you know, Max has all good things happen to him, uh, having lost his mom, unfortunately. Especially at 15, that's a... Yeah, that's a rough rough age to... I mean, any... Any any age (laughs) is a rough age. Like, when you're a teenager and you're trying to navigate how to yeah. become an adult and that's ripped out from under you like i can and, imagine and, that's especially hard and so much mystery and confusion as to yeah. what happened you know like not saying that it necessarily would have been easier to for her to have been you know murdered in the street and her body found but at least they would know where she is and and right. you know be able to put her to rest like we still don't know where Carrie's body actually is. It's not been found as far as I could see in any of the um, articles or... I wonder if she's in a dump somewhere. Because she's Maybe. a trash bag, right? Yeah, garbage bag. That's, I mean, it's I also Nebraska. That. Like, there's a ton of just open space yeah. to be. 
in a forest and a field and anywhere you know yep yeah but yeah so that's the unfortunate not really love triangle yeah love line <laughs> and dave dave for his part like and everything feels awful too like there's a, a certain amount of guilt of like if i hadn't i'm sure been in carrie's life then she never would have met liz you know yep. and had he I mean, known that... obviously had he known any of this yeah. he would have done things differently but i say i don't think that he's like i'm gonna make sure these two women meet and this one is crazy and yeah no and but i'm i'm sure that that can keep you up at night going this is on me yeah like even though it's sort of like you know i imagine in a, a similar but different sense of like you know first responders or doctors or stuff that are just like even though you did everything that you could for the patient they still died Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, even though he didn't had do no anything wrong. Direct, yeah. Yeah, he had no direct responsibility with any of this, but it still resulted in, in Carrie dying and, you know, Liz, well, whatever because Liz, you know, happened with her mentally. Especially being that she was, you know, he was considering not being his bachelor lifestyle because of her. Like, I imagine that connection and that, um, you know, just probably had a, a lot more feeling attached to it than just this is my fault too yeah i just i i can't help but wonder if there was there was some catalyst that like did he make a comment to liz about carrie or like was it just seeing her in the hallway was enough you mm-hmm. know like was there something innocuous that happened that spiraled uh liz or was she just already that yeah. ready to fucking kill somebody you know yeah, I did miss your Bon Jovi reference. Oh, um, where was it? I don't know. Hold on, I'm just pulling it. Oh, while Liz was getting shot through the heart and saying Amy's to blame, or shot through the uh, leg and saying Amy's to blame. Shot through the heart. Yeah, that's, that was a week, though. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the mystery surrounding the death of Carrie Farber. And now we want to hear from you. Send your stories, your questions, and your feedback to strangeunusualpodcast at gmail.com. If you are sending a story, we just ask that you put a listener story in the subject line so that we can sort through those a little more easily. Um, have you ever been in a situation like this? Are you uh, aware of any stories like this happening near you that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Have you ever had a stalker? You ever shoot yourself in the leg and try to blame somebody else? <laughs> try, to sit, try to blame Amy Flora. Yeah. We <laughs> Specifically. You can also find us over on Instagram and threads at strange underscore unusual underscore podcast or our personal accounts Roy Rampage and Calamity Casey. You can find us on X at underscore strange unusual at Calamity Casey and at Roy Rampage. We're also on Facebook. Just search for the Strange Unusual podcast. Look for our little logo. Um, I am also streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Roy Rampage. Um, and if you'd like, you can join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash strange unusual. Um, we have access to our discord over there. We have bonus episode, older bonus episodes. We did, um, the, what is it? Elena and James and Elena. Yeah. The, um, the, the fucking erotic friend fiction <laughs> from the Lori Vallow case. Yep. Um, and uh we do monthly polls and we just kind of chat in our discord and hang out and sometimes we organize and do some stuff um but if you 
if you can't um, support us financially, we totally understand. We just ask if you can. Please like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that kind of stuff. And if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that's the only one I know that has them, um, I will read it on the air, uh, even if it's mean. Yep. Roran makes really bad jokes. Five stars. They really tried. Five stars. <laughs> Gold also, star. quick, quick shout out. We have a new Patreon member. Thanks, Melissa. Appreciate you being here. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Melissa. Is that your... Cool That's my worker. coworker. <laughs> Is that the coworker that brought you all the tea? Yes. That tea looks so good. She's. It was a wide variety. Which one's your favorite best. so far? We tried. I haven't any? tried any yet because I don't drink a lot of caffeine. Uh, at uh, I'm sorry, I don't drink a lot of hot drinks right now. It's cold, cold drink season still. So. Oh uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we I ice a lot be... of our tea. I will be drinking some probably tomorrow because I keep my house at a frigid temperature, and we do so, we do too, so that I can enjoy my hot beverages. We yes, just thank like you, <laughs> thank you, Melissa. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, hope that you feel like it's two dollars a month well spent. Yeah, let's see. I'm but, looking to see if they have any no reviews. No, we don't. Just that. Okay. Well, see you next week. Bye. Bye.